This episode is brought to you by Great Waters Financial. There are three things that can kill a bold idea. Join us as Armin and I talk about the three bold idea killers on this episode. Put your faith to work. This is the Bold Idea Podcast with ideas, interviews, and inspiration to bring your bold ideas to life. Here are your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Nassadi. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Bold Idea Podcast. This is Larry Gates and Armin Nassadi. And we are putting our faith to work for you. <laughs> that is so lame. <laughs> I've already started out in a bad way on this episode. But, hey, we're so glad you're part of our show. We really are. And thanks for tuning in. This is the Bold Idea Podcast, and we want to help you put your faith to work. And we are just so excited about all that's been happening here with all the great guests that we've had. Mm-hmm. But we also have an announcement we want to make, right, I mean, Yeah, I mean, this is life-altering, world-changing. <laughs> Everyone should know about it and check it out because we have a new website. Yeah, well, a little bit of... <laughs> A little bit of a facelift of an old website. But yes, this is put down everything you're doing right now. Drop your pencils. Go to our website. <laughs> Go it's to our epic. website. com. We gave it a little bit of a facelift, and we have a new blog now. So in addition to the podcast, when you subscribe to receive our show notes, you'll not only get the notes, but you'll also get a link to an inspirational post that's going to come out that either Armin or I or one of our guests will be writing. And we hope that that will encourage you as you consider how God might be stirring a bold idea in your own life. And we've got some other cool stuff. We've got little quotes, right? So image quotes that you can share on social media. We have a new commenting platform. All of this is to say we want to help create more engagement and yeah. get the word out about our podcast and make it easy for you to share with your friends. And just if you enjoy the Bold Idea podcast, we really would appreciate you stopping by. Let us know what you think of our website. Yes. And any of the podcasts or the blogs. (laughs) (laughs) Or the blogs. (laughs) Or just let us know that you care. (laughs) Just kidding. No, we just want to hear from you. We want more of your ideas. We want more of your feedback. Even if it's going directly to the people that we're interviewing and you want to get a response from them, even if that's the case, use the website and use the show notes and try to start a conversation with some of these people that aren't exactly the easiest people to get a hold of. Yeah, and you may have a bold idea guest in mind for the show. We've had that already happen with one of our listeners suggested that we visit with Jared Cronk and what a great interview we had with him. And there may be somebody in your life that you know, hey, they're really doing something bold for Christ and want to feature that as well. So Armin and I want to pause every once in a while and just have us dialogue on a specific topic. And so we have an idea for you today. Really, it's a killer idea. (laughs) I love your puns. They're so epic. (laughs) Okay, so the gist of today's episode is we're going to cover three idea killers. And the theme here is everyone has great ideas, but what are are those things that kill your great ideas and stop them from ever even taking place or getting started? Yeah, these are killers that will keep you from starting an idea, will have you working on the wrong one, or maybe won't even allow you to finish the one that you're currently working on. Yeah, the one that you actually did start. Yeah. So let's start with the first idea killer. 
So I'm going to have you start it off because this is something that you've done and we created this thing called the Bold Idea Workshop and that's where a lot of this content comes from, right? Yeah, that's right. And you're going to hear more about the Bold Idea Workshop as the weeks go on because we're going to be releasing that in the fall. But number one is 100% control. In other words, the idea killer itself is the word control. And what do I mean by that? is that we often think that we have to have control over all the outcomes of whatever our idea is. And first of all, that's a fantasy, right? <laughs> right? You can't have another idea that you can control. For instance, you know, we have this idea for this podcast. We want to inspire you in the episodes that we create and the and the guests that we have on the program. But A, we can't control what our guests actually say and whether they're inspiring or not. In fact, we're, we're very fortunate that our, we think our guests have been really inspiring <laughs> and we can't control whether you're going to listen to it or share it with your friends or do anything and it, or whether you even find it inspiring or not. Right. But that, because we can't control some of the certain elements of the experience doesn't mean that we shouldn't create the experience. Right. And that goes same for the same ideas that you may be having, the ideas that you're thinking through Basically just saying just because you can't completely control it doesn't mean you shouldn't start it. That's right, Armin. And I think there's one thing that we probably want to keep in mind here. And we talked about this, you remember, on our Reinventure Me podcast, the difference between a goal and a desire. Sure, that was like, uh, episode 100 something. <laughs> <laughs> I remember all of yeah, them yeah. in very specific <laughs> details. <laughs> yeah, and I don't remember which one it is either, to be honest. But we talked about, Larry Crabb mentioned a distinction that I thought was very worthwhile, is the distinction between a goal versus a desire. A goal is something you can take responsibility for, and a desire is something that you can't. And oftentimes we get angry and we get frustrated and we get locked up when things that we can't take control over, basically that should be desires, when we make those goals. Mm. And that's a control thing. Mm. We want people to respond in a certain way. They don't respond in a certain way and we get upset by it. And then we shut down. And it's an idea killer when we can't separate and make a distinction between what's a healthy goal and what's a healthy desire. And he basically says, you know, you work toward your goals and you should pray for your desires. So hmm. we can't necessarily control all the aspects of an idea. Right. There are some things that we have to say 100% control and my idea of that, my fantasy of having 100% control is an idea killer itself. I will not get it started hmm. if I need to have that. That's the danger right. of having control because what I'll do then is I'll say, well, I don't want to do this unless this happens. Right. And how much of that happening is inside your control? Hmm. There's a lot of things. So you can set up a business, for instance, and you could start a restaurant and maybe nobody likes Turkish food, you know, where you, where you're at. Why, why you got to pick on Middle Easterns? <laughs> I don't know. I just have a, for some reason, Turkish food came into mind. At least you didn't say Persian foods. We can still be friends. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying is that there may just not be the taste at the time for what you have. Right. How many ideas have we seen, for instance, in technology that were a, ahead of its time? The Apple Newton, you know, was this handheld device that right. never made it. Right. But now as iPods and iPads and all those things are out everywhere, sometimes you're ahead of your time. Right. And you can't control some of that stuff. Yep. And if you need 100% control, it's an idea killer right there. Right. So, okay, let me ask you this. How does somebody know what they can have control over and can't have control over? Is there a process that you use to know, hey, I can control this, I can't control it. Well, that. in some ways, I think 
we have a overinflated view of both what we can control and what we desire to control. Sure. <laughs> you know, and that's part of really the fall. I think we all have wanted to be like God and God is the only one that has control over everything. And, you know, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I know I'm, I'm there with you, you know, I'm paddling in the same boat. But if you think about it, there's very little things that you can control. I mean, we have volition, we have choices, but even your choice to be somewhere on time could be derailed by an accident that, mm. you know, is in front of you that is unavoidable. There are going to be circumstances that are going to come along that in your value system will warrant you doing something else. For instance, if we're podcasting right now and recording right now, and if you got an urgent call because your daughter is ill yeah. or fallen ill, you're going to stop this recording and you're going to attend to your daughter, right? Yeah, or your because, son with his car issue. Or a son with a car issue, <laughs> you know, which just happened, you know? Those kinds of things are going to happen, yeah. and you just choose that that's what you're going to do because it's a higher value to you, sure. and so you can't control those things. So if you have this fantasy that, hey, I need to have this look a certain way, you'll never begin your idea. Hmm. Now, you want to dive a little deeper on this one? A little bit. Because <laughs> <laughs> this has the same to do with our motives. Okay. And I see this especially among Christians. We have a desire to serve the king. Sure. And out of that desire to serve the king, we want to make sure that we do it and it's not all about us. You know, we want to really be doing something from what's quote unquote a pure motive. Mm. And the fact of the matter is that's another control issue. We want to control in, in, in a perverse way. We want to control that none of it is about us, Yeah, right. which is, you know, kind of <laughs> ironic in a sense, because that would mean that it is about us right. if we could control it. Right. Yeah. And so the idea is that, you know, we might look at the rightness of an idea that we might present as to say, can I say that there's nothing that I gain from this? You know, mm -hmm. I'm being purely altruistic. And the fact of the matter is, if you're doing something that's purely altruistic, then it's probably not what you should be doing because God wired you to respond and resonate in a way that's in keeping with who you are. And mm -hmm. you should get something from that, I mean, part of the the idea of it being a good idea and a bold idea is that it actually draws something out in you as well. Right. And when I heard you say that, I started thinking about everyone's favorite radio station is. Yeah. What's in it for me? <laughs> yeah. W-I-I-F-N. <laughs> right. <laughs> the channel we all tune into. We do. What's and, in it for me? And, and usually, you know, we want to not tune into that channel. You know, if we take our Christian faith seriously, we don't want to just be tuned into what's in it for me. And sometimes we think that there's an alternate channel that says the only channel I can listen to is if there's nothing in it for me. Right. You know? And so I like what the Talmud says because it says, if I'm not for myself, who will be? And if I'm only for myself, what am I? Right. I think that re represents a really nice balance Right. that says God's wired us in such a way that we can serve and at the same time find that that also does something for us. That's good. Yeah. How many times have you been with people who've gone outside of themselves, outside their comfort zone, and they've done something to serve someone else and they're their primary bragging point about it isn't about what they did for somebody, but how it transformed them and excited them. Right. You know, and I see people that like go off on a mission trip or something and they come back and they're just like smitten. Yeah. You know, because it's transformed and changed them. Yeah. And it really was for them. Yeah. 
And we discover a lot of that. But can you say that, okay, well, that made that a bad thing because you actually enjoyed it? <laughs> <laughs> Only if you hated it. Yeah. Or was it holy? And some of us, some of us think that. Right. You know, I think that's an errant view. My wife, when she went on one of her first missions trip to Mexico, I think she said it best. She said, I, I went on the trip thinking I was going to do something good for other people. And I came home realizing that trip did more for me than anyone else. Yeah. It was transformational for her. It was it was a foundational aspect of her faith. Yeah. And I think that that's the way God wires it for us is that it has elements of being both for others and for ourselves. Right. But if we only look at what's true for ourselves or if we only try to take the opposite approach as a counteract yeah. to that, then it's again one of those control idea killers and you'll never do anything. So true. This is the Bold Idea Podcast. Hey, Armin, I'm super excited. Our friends at Great Waters Financial, a wealth management firm based here in Minneapolis with over $300 million in assets under management. They are our sponsors for this episode. I'm so glad they are because there's two financial institutions in this world that I would ever put my name behind, and Great Waters Financial is definitely one of them. You know, I have had the opportunity, Armin, to talk to about a dozen of their clients one-on-one. And they are not just clients. They are raving fans of Great Waters Financial. And why? Because they are treated like family. They're treated like somebody that they can trust to get the job done. And Great Waters makes it very simple to understand all the retirement complexities and financial plans that you might need to make. And they do it with uh, all the latest tools, but they do it with a lot of heart. That's right. These guys are setting a new standard of how this is done. So if you want to schedule a time with your future advisor, then go to www.greatwatersfinancial.com forward slash bold idea. So number two. Well, so this one, <laughs> I called it drivenness earlier. <laughs> Drivenness. So this is the tension of motivation. Randy Komisar says, passion pulls you towards something you cannot resist. Drive pushes you towards something you feel compelled or obligated to do. If you know nothing about yourself, you can't tell the difference. Yeah, that is so right on. Okay, well... Oh, oh. First of all, what what is what is your takeaway from that quote? Well, what I love about what Randy Komisar wrote here is that he's really talking about whether we have something that's born out of who we are and our intrinsic values and things that are important to us or out of what we're doing out of sense of obligation and serving other people, which is more of an intrinsic drive. Right. And he refers to the intrinsic drive as passion and the extrinsic drive as drivenness right. or drive. But I think the most incisive part of this quote is that you can't tell the difference if you don't know something about yourself. Mm. And, you know, one of the things as I've been reflecting on each of the guests that we've had over the past 24 episodes is that I think each of them possesses a keen sense of self-awareness. And I think that that's part of what's made them successful in pursuing their bold idea right. because it's been born out of who they are. They've seen how God has been working inside of them and they've been responding to that hmm. rather than necessarily responding to the needs of other people and the and the degree to which other people have set their agenda. Hmm. 
You know, I met recently with a leader of a national ministry, and we had an opportunity to just visit together for a while. And he confessed to me that after many things that he's done in the course of his ministry, and he's written many, many books, and he's he's a, he's accomplished a lot of the things that he said he wanted to accomplish, but he confessed that he wonders how much of that was really other people's agenda for him. Mm. Well, it wasn't really what he wanted to do. It was what he thought he was, was expected of him, yes, mm. in that role. And here's a guy who's genuinely struggling with that that question of, you know, I produced a lot, I was driven, yeah, but but I felt like it was it was an obligation and he's now created this internal awareness that, that says I, I'm now discovering that that wasn't really probably my passion area. And Alvin Toffler, the futurist and writer, once said, if you don't have a strategy, you're part of someone else's strategy. Right. And I think that's really right on. And most of us don't have a strategy for our lives. We, we will just follow somebody else. You know, it's the old four spiritual laws thing, like God loves you and I have a plan for your life. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> it's so easy for us to find other people that we think, oh, you know what they should do? This, this is what they should really do. Yeah. And we try to encourage them by telling them what they should do. Right. <laughs> and we can all be very receptive to that. Yeah. And often you catch people finding someone they look up to or appreciate and they just say, I'm just going to follow them. And hopefully as I follow them, it'll take me where I need to go. Yeah, exactly. Because we don't want to stop and really do the internal assessment and the self-awareness that says, why am I here? And some of us are frightened by that. I know that it's not necessarily easy because we don't know what the questions are. If we don't lean into it long enough, we won't find the answer. But sometimes it's like, I know when I do my journaling and I, I, and I hit these little cul-de-sacs, you yeah. know, where it doesn't seem like there's a thoroughfare. It's like, I, I'm supposed to sit in here for a while. There's yeah. no road built. And I've got to watch the bridge being built. It's just, right. a, it's, it's not completed. And it's easy for me to retreat to a simpler question. I go, no, I have to lean into this question of why do I keep coming back to this train of thinking, which isn't healthy for me, right. you know, and I'll lean into it and create more self-awareness from it. But I know that it's far easier just to retreat from these tougher introspective questions. Right. And what Randy Komisar is saying is if we don't ask ourselves some of these deeper questions, we can't tell whether we're being driven on somebody else's agenda or if we're really fulfilling the agenda that God's planted within our own lives. Right. And I, th I think it's just generally a good emotional intelligence exercise to do anything or ask any question that helps you dig deeper yes. into your motivations. Yes. And if you do something like this and you're asking where is this drive coming from? It allows you to understand yourself in a way that helps you know why you do what you do, why you make the decisions that you make, what makes you get charged up to actually pursue something, what makes you walk away from something. And the more awareness you can have, you, you become a type of person that doesn't just react to certain things, but you become a type of person that has the ability to think before acting and have whatever set up in your life, whether it's mentors, advisors, accountability people or whatever that you can process with before you make a decision or jump off a cliff or yeah. whatever it might be. Yeah. Now that's a perfect setup, of course, into the third idea killer. Right. The reactiveness. So, <laughs> right. If idea killer number one is the need to have 100% control with the danger is you'll never start a bold idea. And idea killer number two is drivenness where you won't do the right bold idea because you're working off of somebody else's agenda. 
Number three is you'll live in reactiveness. So number three idea killer is this just living reactively. Yeah, it's the tension of choice. It is the tension of choice. Yeah, (laughs) you always have a choice now between living reactively or creatively. And I love the way Robert Fritz puts it in his book. We highly recommend it. We'll have a link in our show notes here, but it's The Path of Least Resistance. In that book, he talks about the difference between creating a reactive and responsive paradigm or creative paradigm. And the difference is whether we respond to our circumstances or whether we are delivering and creating what we want to see and what we want to build into our lives. One is responding to the circumstances of our lives. The other is saying, what is it that I want to create? Right. And a good example of that is I don't have enough income, so I'm going to go create a new income stream by starting this new business Mm -hmm. or investing in something that I don't know about, but it's a good gamble Mm -hmm. or whatever it might be. But if you don't have that, and this is where this part comes in, and you ask yourself, I don't have that problem, what would you create instead? Would you be launching this business? Would you be investing? Would you be joining whatever club that you're about to join Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. starting whatever project that you're going to be starting. I think that's the lens that helps realize if you are being reactive or if you're being creative. That's right. In the example that Armin shared, going out and getting a new job is problem solving. And you're just trying to solve the problem and trying to take care of the circumstance. Right. It may not be living out the passion that you're supposed to do. It may not be pursuing the bold idea that's inside of you. It might just be solving a problem. Now, there's not a problem with problem solving, but it may be killing a bold idea that you have. And to say, you know, as Armin suggested, what would happen if that wasn't the case? If that problem were not there, would I do the same thing? Right. And that's a quick way to know whether you're creating or problem solving. Yeah. And honestly, that... That example aligns perfectly with me because one of the things I've constantly felt led to do is do something that's evangelical in a third world country, a very specific one that's been listed as the most dangerous city in the world. And I've constantly felt this pull to go there, to do this thing, to put on this event, to just go all out. But I never do it because I always go into problem solving mode rather than thinking creatively of what is it that pulls me and inspires me because this missional idea doesn't generate revenue, doesn't solve any of my problems, probably creates a lot more problems, consumes more of my time, but my heart is there. My passion is there. I want to do it, but I just never do because I'm constantly problem solving. Constantly reactive, right? Yeah. Yeah. And the two words that go with these is the how word. When we're talking about how it's problem solving and Mm -hmm. we're usually in the reactive mode. And when we use the what word, we're thinking about what we want to create. And now we're in the creative mode. Mm -hmm. And those two things are in tension with one another. You know, we'll bounce between them. It's not like we won't be responding to our circumstances. We can never fully live, I think, in the creative mode and always thinking about what we want because there are going to be problems in our lives that we have to solve. That's true. I mean, that's just the way it is. But the question is, does our living in the how we solve problems squeeze out the time that we might take, the mental energy, the focus that we might put around creating the what's in our life? What do we want 
our future self to be working on in five years? What do we want to be seeing as a change in how we lead our families or lead in our workplaces or lead in our communities or, or the trip that you are talking about, the yeah. mission that you have? And what, what am I doing toward building that and making that more probable? You know, and that's more creative thinking right. and the challenge for all of us, I think, in, in such a busy time that we all seem to live in is how well do we make time for creative development in our lives right. as opposed to just spending all the time reacting to stuff that's going on. You know, we are made in the image of a creator and right. if we're made in the image of a creator, why don't we spend more time creating? Right. So the third bold idea killer is living in a constant state of reactiveness and not building in that time for creative development in our lives. When we live reactively, the danger we have then is we won't finish our bold idea because we might have it and it might come to bear, but we don't ever execute against it because we don't build time around it. So those are the three idea killers that we wanted to discuss today because you might see them happening in your own life. You might see some ideas that you have cropped up that that perhaps you know you haven't pursued because there's too many variables, too many things that seem outside your control. Maybe you're not quite sure whether it's something you should pursue as a passion or whether you've got other obligations that are keeping you from it. Or, or maybe you've got just so many things that you're trying to solve in your life that you just didn't have time to think creatively about it. And those are things that can kill a bold idea. Right. Those are the three bold idea killers, and we would love to hear from you about any of the idea killers that you might have experienced in your own life, or how do these strike you? Have you found these idea killers to be true for you? And if so, we'd love to hear from you. Please visit our show page at boldideapodcast.com slash 25. We'll have a link to that book that we recommended in there, and we'd love to get a comment from you on the show page or call us on our show line at 612 568 idea. That's 612-568-4332. Again, as always, spread the word about the Bold Idea Podcast. We'll be back with another guest on our program next week. And until then, this is Larry Gates. And Armin Asadi. We're saying so long and God bless you. You've been listening to the Bold Idea Podcast. To get our show notes sent to your inbox, visit boldideapodcast.com.